everybody, you're listening to The Rope Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. This podcast is about rope bondage. Rope bondage is edge play with inherent risk, and we strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to episode zero before attempting it. Find it at the top of our FedLife page, Rope Podcast. Fox is a rigger and Maya is a bottom, and we're rope partners, and we've been practicing together for just over a year. We're excited to share our passion for rope with you, and we live in Thailand. After that episode, when we talk about uh, making practice into a scene, we thought today we'd talk a little bit about your first rope scene. Uh, it, yeah, it feels quite important as a topic because um, you've done all the research, all the learning, all the training, and you've got to your your first scene. And you know, what do you do? Yeah, it, it was all leading up to this. Now, what do I do, Maya? Like, I bought my rope. I looked at the videos. Maybe I went <laughs> to a couple of workshops. And now, how do I finally tie up the object of my love and attention? <laughs> okay. Sure. Um, and at the end of the episode, um, to help people out, we're going to give you a couple of examples of what you could do for a first scene. So some kind of basic um, ideas. So one sexual and one non-sexual. Mm-hmm. So Fox, where where do we start? Well, I think as always with rope, we start with the safety. Okay, so let, let's talk about that, and, and we're going to remind people again to listen to episode zero, because a lot of that is in there, mm-hmm. um, but what are the kind of the basics that they need to remember? Uh, sure, first let me point out that your very first scene is going to be one of the riskier ones, by definition. I would say there are two moments where things are at their most risky, that is when you just first begin and obviously you can make mistakes because you're new at this. And then a second time in your career, so to speak, when you're starting to get intermediate, where you feel like you know a lot of stuff, but maybe you don't know all the stuff and then you Mm. get dangerous again. Mm. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, So yeah, let's, let's see what can you do to make sure you've done your homework safety wise before you tie well you can you can listen to the rope podcast episode zero that covers a yeah. lot of the safety stuff you can listen to it again the day before your scene maybe like as a checklist that you've taken everything into account okay and what else um read various resources online i think maya you're quite good at compiling those so probably you can give a bit of a list of things uh, okay, I can do. <laughs> Let me make a note of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I think talking to people as well. So um, I think it's a great idea to run your first scene, the safety elements of it, past some more experience rigor. Mm-hmm. So if if you can and if you know what your scene is going to be, if you're the rigor particularly, but also if you're a bottom, I think it's good to just talk about to other people um and this kind of episode will give you some of that about what their experience was and what to watch out for and things like that. Okay, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Um, also, I think learning more about the person you're going to tie with. Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. I think if possible, watching the person you're tie with um, tie with someone else is very useful. So you can see what their style is, you can see how adaptable they are, um, if they're 
more experienced than you, you can get a feel for how much more experience, bottom or top. Um, if they're less experienced, again, just as useful to get a feel for it. Yeah, um, yeah I think that's a great idea. And I guess that okay, allows so you to have more confidence uh, with that person if you've seen them do it before. Yeah, yeah. So that's part of the before. What else do we need to check into, Fox, before we actually get into the scene? Well, we know that a thing that is central to BDSM in general and rope in this instance is consent. So for your first scene, you want to be super clear what your partner is consenting to. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so how do we do that? Well, we're probably going to need to have a pretty big talk with them, like a talk with words. Okay. Okay, <laughs> a conversation. Yeah. Um, for sure. And and so what else, what, what kind of boundaries do we need to establish when we're doing our first rope? Um, well, when we're doing our first rope, things that are going to be important are what's the comfort level on both sides with nudity like yeah. is is the bottom going to be completely naked is the rigger going to be naked like you can, you can be pretty surprised if you're a bottom who expects to be tied up by a guy who's fully dressed and turns out he's buck naked <laughs> for sure i think that would be and with his that thing, could be a not helpful surprise yeah and this thing rubbing in your face and places and like that can so, change the colouring of the scene slightly. So I guess that also speaks to sexuality and sex... Not sexuality, sexual... The sexual nature of the scene. So yeah, is it a sexy uh, scene or is yeah. it a non-sexual scene? Yeah, is there, is there going to be caressing? Is there going to be uh, like external stimulation? Is there going to be penetration with toys, with fingers, with penises? All those things are really assumptions you need to check. Because it's yeah, really easy to be ambiguous. To person, not sexual to another person and vice versa. Yeah. Um, sure. And even if you said the goal was just to do rope and not to have sex, what about uh, rearranging your model's breasts when you're doing a chest harness? What kind of touching is acceptable to the person? Yeah. Yeah. And, and also that speaks to what parts of their body they're comfortable touching. So... Um, you tend to say, where is it okay to touch you? And mm -hmm. if I'm bottom, I might say, um, you know, I don't want you to touch me um, in their genitalia, something like that. Well, you wouldn't so say that being... to me, though. Right, no, that's because we're partners, no. But if I was tying with someone in a non-sexual way, then I might, might well say that. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it's things you don't expect. I actually have had two or three rope partners uh, asked me to never touch their feet, which is not something mm. I would have expected. So it's good to actually talk about it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Sometimes okay. So some... the body part. Yes, they definitely do. They definitely do. So we've we've got the the kind of background. So what kind of situation, Fox, do we want to look for for our first scene? Well, let's talk for a second about the person you're going to do your first scene with. Uh, I would say it would be really good if it could be. A, someone you know quite well, so maybe a romantic partner, a spouse, if you're one of the many couples who've contacted us about tying your wife or husband, uh, or a learning partner, like someone who's been with you throughout the journey since you started your interest in rope and you're kind of getting into it together, like someone you have a strong connection okay. with, and or uh, someone and why who do you, has... And why do you think that's useful? 
Why, why do you think that's useful? Well, I think that's one. useful, A, because it's going to make it much easier to have all those conversations we mentioned uh, in the first bit of this episode about things, if it's someone you connect well with. And also during the scene, you will have, I think, a much better feel for their reaction if you know them. As opposed mm -hmm. to if you pick up someone you've never met before at a play party and do your first rope with them. I mean, it's possible and some people do that but you are running a much higher risk of a, mis of a misunderstanding, I feel. Okay. Okay. So someone you know uh, well and have a connection with and or, ideally and, possibly or, someone who has uh, rope experience. Okay. It's the, the good old uh, two virgins trying to have sex for the first time kind of thing, you know? <laughs> That worked out very well for me. So yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's not uh, <laughs> it's not law that it has to go badly. But yeah, yeah, on the opposite side of things, I had my first sexual experience with a woman who was quite uh, older than me and much more experienced, and that was also very helpful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's also about you as a person. Different people will work for different things. Of course. Um, okay, so Fox, if you're a rigger tying for the first time what are the things you need to uh, kind of look at for or prepare for or be alert for mm, i will try to establish my bottom's ability to hold the boundaries uh, is she someone mm -hmm. who's going to speak up for herself and i am am i sure that her consent is um, based on an actual understanding of what's going to happen and if she feels she wants to say no does she look like she's actually able to yeah because you've tied people who are quite compliant and possibly less safe word e and yes. you've been more cautious right you're you're and you've also, changed your work style. Uh, it is not uncommon that submissive women are blinded by the resplendence of my dominance <laughs> okay <laughs> right and what do you do then? Um, mean, if you're shining so brightly, they can't see. Uh, well, I have to be. I have to be really careful to not uh, overstep their consent. You have to uh, put a blindfold on them so they can't yeah, see the resplendence. To to yeah to block out. <laughs> I, I mean, it could be uh, it could be dangerous for their eyesight otherwise. Right, of course. Like, okay, don't, so don't what look else? straight into the sun, kids. So you also talk to them, I'm assuming? Uh, yes, and also the ability to communicate is something you need uh, to gauge, especially in a very international mixed scene like ours. Yeah, that's a great uh, point. I mean, I speak three languages rather well, but sometimes still uh, language can be a barrier in some scenes. Um, yeah. I uh, somewhat recently had the chance to do a very interesting series of ties with a Japanese woman and her English turned out to be quite good but in this situation it can be a worry if you don't have a, a strong language in common to actually communicate properly the things about your scene. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really love making this rope podcast and sharing it with you. Sadly, hosting a podcast isn't free, far from it actually. So if you like this podcast and you want to support us, you can do so at ropepodcast.com. You'll find ways to buy rope stuff so that we get a cut from your purchases, and also ways to donate to us directly. And if you can't afford to do that, that's okay too. Just enjoy the podcast. 
Now back to our normal programming. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also look in my bottom for the ability to understand sensations, and I try to brief her if she's not experienced about the difference between a nerve sensation and the circulation sensation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, often what I do with someone who's uh, more of a newbie is I will uh, try to locate a radial nerve with her and like just stimulate it with uh, fingers so she can get a little bit of an idea of what the jolt sensation is like. Yeah, this is one of my biggest worries about new bottoms doing um, suspension for the first time mm -hmm. as their first rope scene, which I've seen. Yeah, Where we, we don't like I that so much. Think, I mean, we don't want yeah. to sound judgy, but we're kind of judgy people anyway. Well, I just, I just think it's. I'm very low risk, um, mm -hmm. and I think that you, like it's much better to tie a good few times um, doing floor rope and really understand your body before you rush into yeah. suspension. I think it's very risky doing that in your first probably five scenes. That would probably be my. Okay, um, I would probably I would probably not go as far as five, but for sure everyone gets to set that slider where they want to. Sure, wouldn't and don't. But your um, risk profile is much higher than mine. Like, I I would not take the risks. And yet, when we see a completely new person who's never done rope or possibly never done BDSM before uh, get suspended at their first party ever, we both cringe a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because because they're just not gonna be able to understand, or the worry is maybe they can. The worry is that they're not gonna be able to understand the sensations they're feeling, not necessarily have the respect for the rope. Oh yes. Um, and thus not actually feedback. So what else? Uh, I quite like to have a scene plan. I I am the man with the plan. Yes, we like the plans. Because, well, for starters, that allows me to reduce my stress level to know what I'm going to do. Because as, as a rigger, you have quite the pressure to perform and you have a lot of boxes to check. Like you want to be safe, you want to have your bottom have a good time. If you are the kind of person who likes to perform to an audience, you maybe also want to look good. Like that's, that's a lot of pressure potentially. Okay. And that's going to depend on your personality style. Like some people like to have a very thorough plan with contingencies. Some people just like to wing it and would never dream of putting a plan to paper. But I feel like for your first scene, some kind of plan, even if it's yeah. sketchy, is useful. At least a, an outline of of what you're gonna do. I think that's even if it's in your head, <laughs> something. Uh, and I think your plan. It's good to think about some what-ifs, like, for starters, you're going to tie someone up, but how are you going to untie them? That seems important mm -hmm. to know. Yeah. No way you tools are going to be... Yeah, what happens if there's a safety incident? I, I think that's a good thing to know mm -hmm. for your first scene. Like, if you need to cut someone down, what will you do? What is your big red button? You know how in a, a factory there's always a big red button you press in case of a problem, right? There is? Okay. Like, well. to, stop, to stop the machines and stuff from chewing okay, up the seems... people. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you want your scene to have that. Like, what's your big red button? What, how do you abort if things are going wrong? And things are going wrong could be an injury, could be someone interrupting your scene, could be your bottom just not feeling good or yourself not feeling good. Like, maybe... Yeah. What if you're yeah. having a panic attack in the middle of your scene? How do you abort? You know, having, having yeah. a, an exit plan, I think, is important. 
Yeah, I think that's important as well. I was reading a rope incident yesterday on Fat Life where someone, um, the bottom safe worded, the top didn't hear or yeah. ignored it, and then the top was very, um, I want to say proud, like didn't really want to accept that there was a problem. And the poor bottom at the time is basically suffocating. So oh. I think there's also something... Yeah, it was terrible. Um, there's also something about making sure that you accept that sometimes things go wrong and and, yeah. and you're ready to act in those cases. Okay, so what else? What about your, your physical mm, condition? Yeah, I would, I would try to, well, essentially be as good as I can, which means having slept the night before, maybe having taken a nap, like be, be well rested. Uh, have had food, have had, be hydrated, not be drunk. I think that's quite important. Yeah. Like you might want some Dutch courage to help you with your first time. I think you should resist that uh, urge because you want all of your mental and physical capacities for your first time. Reflexes. And possibly yeah. for all your time studying after that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. And to state the obvious, I suggest you plan to use only ties you know quite well for your first scene like a scene is not the moment to try a new tie for the first time yeah yeah uh, well especially your first scene um so what about sure. uh, what about the bottom maya how do you prepare for your first time being tied okay so episode 10 has the rope bottom responsibilities as well which i think is useful to um think about yep. and then your physical condition um i think is is very important if you're bottoming especially for the first time so same same as the top so light meal hydration um all of those kind of things but there's also some extra things i think for the bottom so mm -hmm. one of them is uh go to the bathroom before you tie yeah. which probably sounds obvious but is good advice that, so that's actually uh that's actually good advice for the rigor also because once your bottom is in rope <laughs> you're not true. allowed to leave her so better that do is, your uh yeah. preparation in that sense yeah also. yeah so go to the bathroom before you um before you start and literally just before you start I think is the best time mm -hmm. um, and then you also might want to um, stretch so depending okay. on the kind of rock you're doing um, I think it's good to just move your body some um, partly to there's two reasons for that so one is to give your body some warm-up just like you would do with any exercise and Eva Evie Bain's uh, better bondage for everybody has some stretches in okay um, which I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes uh, yeah and so it also helps you to feel into your body what so it gives you the it gives you the opportunity to um see how your body is feeling at that moment in time so are there any aches and pains ah. are there any problems with your body right now you know as you stretch are there any areas that are tighter than others or more problematic um, and so rather than going in cold, it gives you the opportunity to just, I, I guess, connect with your body and then you can communicate that to you. Oh, body. that's super okay. interesting. You kind of like take inventory of how you feel. Yeah. So if it yeah, hurts okay. somewhere after the rope, you know if that was present before or that is something that happened in yeah. the rope. Yeah, because I will say, I mean, this is a personal thing. I am very much a, a brain where my body tends to be the... <laughs> The thing that moves that brain around, mm -hmm. um, and I'm not super in touch with my body for various reasons, and so it is good to do that kind of check-in before, um, depending on how uh, aware of your body you are. So that's oh, another that, thing. yeah, that's super interesting and kind of unexpected. Uh, okay, what else do you do as prep? 
Um, so clothes are important for the bottom. Um, so depending on what kind of work you're doing, the clothes uh, might be important. So some people might tie in underwear or nothing. You can obviously tie naked. Um, but if you're tying in clothes, then typically people use like yoga pants or leggings or short shorts, like a shorts, um, and then a close fitting t-shirt. Again, typically, um, you don't want super loose fitting clothes mm, yeah. um, because it's hard for the rigor and they get they get caught. Um, so that's something to think about. What are you going to wear? Yeah, I, I must say the bottom decides. Like, yeah. I will never pressure a bottom to be more naked than she wants to be. But I must say as a rigor, I much prefer to tie on naked skin whenever possible because A... Uh, it gives me a much better vision of the anatomical structures I'm tying and it makes it much easier to place the rope correctly in a safe way and B, the friction is often much much better on naked skin than it is on clothing yeah so ropes can move a bit on on clothing so yeah. the rigor to, I guess so the rigor it's good for them to to know and ideally to have practiced on either clothes or not clothes. If you've only ever practiced on not clothes and you do your, on naked, and you do your first scene on a clothed person, that's going to be interesting. It's going to throw you up. Yeah. Practice like you yeah. play, people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and then the other thing is, I would just do some, I guess this goes with connecting with your body, do some deep breathing, and just um, be ready to what, what go is, into the rope. What is deep breathing? Um making sure that you breathe from your diaphragm so mm. typically most of us breathe from our chest yeah. um and we don't breathe right into our di diaphragm and into our uh, like belly breathing mm -hmm. um but if you do you know a handful of deep breaths into there it's good for your uh relaxation and prepares your body to kind of let let go a bit um, because the whole idea of rope really well mostly is to let the let the rigor lead um, and so you need to be ready for that. Okay, that's interesting. You you make it sound kind of like dance. Yeah, I, I mean, I would see it like a kind of dance for sure. Although having said that, again, there's exceptions to every rule. Um, we have seen people do rope where it's much more takedown style. Um, but that's a, that's. I would suggest that's not your first rope scene. It is not something you want to do for your first scene I don't think because it's hard enough oh. to tie someone up who wants to be tied up if the person is offering yeah. resistance be it token resistance it's it's really going to be difficult yeah I think that's okay well dear listeners we found the subject of your first rope scene to be so inspiring that we actually easily got enough material for two episodes so we're going to leave it uh, here for today and you can hear the rest of that recording on our uh, next episode of the rope podcast and as promised you will have our suggestions for two examples of first scenes one sexual and one non-sexual so be sure not to miss the next episode if you're interested in that uh, in the meantime don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts be that itunes or somewhere else and you can always find us on fetlife at rope podcast or visit us on ropepodcast.com thanks for listening and have fun tying <laughs>